seriously, could they not have set up? This is like the departed. Have we got a camera in the back? That is just woeful. We ready to roll? Let's rock and roll. Do you, and what are we talking about? Everything. Jesus. What do we start with? Everything. We started with First Man, Fab and I are going to go head to head about First Man. First man is Neil Armstrong, correct? It is Neil Armstrong, yes, correct. Ready to go? Born ready. Sean's here. He just texted me. Yep. Kind man, let me in. Welcome to this another episode of the Ian Prendercast, another sports podcast brought to you as always by MGA Traffic, your one-stop traffic shop. Joining me today, Fabian Guadagnolo. Buonasera ragazzi. Yeah, it's a bit delayed, but we got there. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at Twitter because it's, it's, there's an hour to go in the trade deadline and it's important. No, it's not. And he of Tim's Nuggets, Tim Davis. Uh, always a pleasure. Before we get started, just briefly, we're going to have a side. How did Tim's Nuggets go? We had five tips in the end, two one. Yes, yes. One of them came... Fucking seventh. One of them, they brought this. They brought the screen. One of them out. was a mortadella. That's how bad he was. They brought no, the no, screen well, out and they fucking finished good. one on the track. The first one, our white horse. And did you did you actually see the horse? No, I saw none of them. It it's was also also your favourite council. Hey, white horse. <laughs> so it's also your favourite council. I've always oh, been a banyul yes. man. <laughs> no, they had a photo after, after we did our um, after we did pod last week. Mm-hmm. Um, the next morning they had a photo of Utsun on the back page of the Herald. The Sun. horse or the designer. No, the horse. It is bright white. And, you know, some white horses are more Ice. sort of like a bit more grey. This was bright white. He looked like Donkey in Shrek when he turned into the white stallion or the Bronco. Do you recall that? Valiant Steed. Do you remember that where he turns? The, no. I think it's Shrek 2. Yeah. Where he turns. I think I know what you're talking about. It doesn't ring any bells. And then when he's running As through such. the streets, the, the, the camera... Hopefully it's young... Oh, we're in the we're in pursuit of a white bronco. It's it's the yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's the, the media go from the OJ. It's the OJ. Yeah, it's yeah. it's. I like it. Very, I, I, very like, I liked it a lot, but you know. Anyway, on on back on to performance. Utsun got as good a hip and shoulder as you've ever seen in a horse race. Um, they were two year olds. They were all having their first start. Some of them don't always have great manners. They don't always run straight. Anyway, one horse took a a, a right hand turn. Took about three horses out, and Utsun got. Uh, Got creamed because of that. This is a right hand turn. I thought excuses. Horse races no, 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 circular. No, 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 I'm not saying it's an excuse. It would never have won the race. But and, and, and horses look, take at, a right hand turn up at Randwick. Look, well, this is true. At the end of the day, though, he was an omen bet. We did it just because of the name. So if it doesn't yeah, perform, I can, sounds like I, I, I can live with that. Uh, just to kick us off um, this week, do we want to talk about the ones that won? No, we'll talk about those <laughs> later. We'll talk about that. No worries. Um, Fab and I. Had a day out last week, last Friday. And a mandate. Yeah, a mandate. We, a mandate. Uh, we went out to Plenty Valley Shops, which is looking great, by the way. Plenty Valley Westfield. Shout out to Plenty Valley Westfield. Shout out to Plenty Valley Westfield. Great um, job. They've done a great job out there. The outdoor alfresco dining area. Yep. Very well done, very well presented. Lots of options for people who want to dine and eat and whatever. And then the cinema themselves, um, very nice, very modern. Nicely Spacious, actually. Spacious. Fab had the Captain's Catch. I did have the Captain's Catch. For $12. That got you some chips and some... Uh, what are and they weren't chips, they were potato gems. I hate potato so they, gems. They, they were like fish, like little fish fillets. Fish on top, bites. On, on, fish bites on top of some potato gems with a... Tartare? No, it was a lemon... Uh, sorry, a lime aioli-ish. 
What's happened fun. to going to the cinemas? Like seriously, I you had know, the different. Sean, as you can attest, the fish bites didn't last to no, the start well, of the movie. He, he did, yeah. I impaled them. He, he was in, he inhaled, impaled them? Them? In, inhaled them. Inhaled. I shoved a steak through the middle of it. <laughs> we we were. He was getting very antsy. I ordered the apple bites. It was called the um, apple bammer or something. I don't. Yeah, didn't I think it's, a, it's a, meant to be a take on Alabama, but doesn't the, work. The wordplay didn't work for me, because I'm not even sure if apples are like famous in Alabama. It's not like a you know Boise potatoes. Boise or, potatoes? Yeah. Elephants are famous in Alabama. There you go. Well, it was isn't pretty that, good. Isn't that the logo for Alabama? Isn't that their, their mascot is an elephant? No idea. Um, but the, I don't think there are any is. Well, they're the Crimson Tide, but I'm pretty sure yeah, they're the football, but I don't know if they're tide. an elephant or not. But I had the apple bites. Apple bites were quite good. That was the dessert. Yep. But um, what we went and saw was uh, First Man. Yes. Which And was, I was the first man to fall asleep. He fell asleep night. several times. He <laughs> claims he did not. I claim no, no, I didn't. I was I was tempted to. I looked over on at least three occasions and you were gone. No. You were done. No. Oh, I promise you I wasn't. Absolutely done. I look, I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was probably a fraction too long. So it was probably 15 minutes too long. It was 15 minutes too long because it was paced like a snail. It was It was covering the fucking space program, mate. It was covering a decade's How many worth. close-ups of Claire Foy having a smoke do you need in one movie, Sean? She's isolated. With a horrible haircut. It was the 60s. She was more attractive as the queen. It and that's, that is, that's, that's saying something. But do you appreciate what they were going for? And this is this is two prong. This comment is, is why coming couldn't they make from, it look attractive? This is coming. I don't from, know what Neil Armstrong's misses look like. This is coming from two two points of view. So Damien Chazelle, the director, has just come off directing. Shout out to Damien. Shout out to Damien. <laughs> Tough luck on La La Land. He just came out of directing La La Land, which yeah. is that old school Hollywood musical, very structured, very choreographed, very arduous to shoot, very never, difficult to shoot. Never That's seen such, it. Such a musical. Never seen it. Loved it. I thought it was very good. So he comes out of shooting that. He probably can't be bothered shooting, blocking everything, fucking going through strenuous choreography for everything. So he shoots a film, First Man, which thematically, set in the 60s, about the space race, set up to be like a home movie, very deliberately. Can I say something to you? What? I said this to Peter. You know the 60s? Yeah. When, when you were living in the 60s. I didn't do that. Or if people were living in the 60s. I'm sure they were. Yeah. Um, people's vision is full HD. Sure. It's, it's it's even better than that. But it's it's thematically My designed point is, to be like when you're living movie. in the moment. I don't need to see it on a piece of shit camcorder. What was born out of the '60s? Super Eight movies, home movies. Okay, but so that's a deliberate the period point. of the '60s. This is not a, a movie about a movie made in the '60s. It's just about for. a period of time. That's what they're going. And for. If that's... I was there, I would see Neil Armstrong in crisp, clear so vision. Thematically, you've got to come. Feel. You've got to come. It's a feel. The feel was it was slow. It's a home movie. <coughs> and it, it, it stopped being about, and not being insensitive, it stopped being about man getting to the moon. It, about it became man. Neil Armstrong's uh, baby daughter passed away from cancer, and that's the whole movie. No, because that that's was, the whole movie, Sean. You don't. You, you were asleep. Yeah, he was asleep, and you obviously <laughs> missed these key points. So the idea was, it was about isolation. So if you imagine when they were shooting scenes at the Armstrong house, for example, a lot of shots are, are single shots of him in isolation or tight shots hmm. showing that you're confined, you're restricted. That's the theme. So when you get to the moon, the money shot, can if tell, you will. Can I say shut something up, no, people like you, you don't understand what the shot, common person... It's a big point. There's a big yeah, point. The, the money shot... He's the, a cinephile. Because that's who they're fucking making the movie let him for. Go. No, they're making it for the general populace. No, they're not. The money shot I don't need the to film. be explained the theme. I should pick he it up like that. The money shot of the whole film is when... 
the lunar lander sets down on the moon and you're at the top of it and the hatch opens and you walk out and it's this expansive so the idea is you're confined you're restricted you're in the shuttle with him you're in a test ship with him you're right up close to him you can't get away he's there's no space you're cooked in there you feel like you're claustrophobic he feels like he's claustrophobic he's in a house he's boxed in and then the door opens on the lunar lander he walks out on the moon and it's expanse it's the moon there's nothing there that's the shot. That's you don't get it. Even and, as and I that's the only shot in the whole film that is decent. Because that's the point. It's You're the building point. up. It's the pinnacle. I haven't even seen it. And I know what's going it's on. The Tim, pinnacle when of you have to there. start explaining the themes and the feel and that, people should just be looking at it and going, "I get it." Well, I'm fucking sorry. It wasn't Bad Boys. Bad Boys is a very good movie. <laughs> Do you know what type of movies you Council like? Council rests. Your 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 your, your wheelhouse Mate, of movies I is, love. is Triple J. No, no, no. No, People no, no. must hate this film and not understand it. Mate, you are like Triple yourself. J music for anybody like you to like. You know what I saw two weeks ago? Popularity you means nothing. You know what I saw two weeks ago? This film is getting universally panned. Venom. Didn't mind it. I walked out of Venom and went, oh, that was okay. The Academy. Can I take my kids to it? No. No, Timbo. Watch a preview. And in five seconds you can realise you can't take your kids to it. I kind of assumed that I knew what the answer was. Do you want to, do you want to sleep for the next month? With three kids in your bed? It's my, not my that. My kids bit. love spot. I'm not taking Patty. I mean, Patty's four. I'm not yeah. taking him to that. There's bits in it that you could probably like cut up when he's Venom toward the end. Yeah. And it's a comic booky and it's a bit sillier. Yeah. Yep. You can cut it up, Tim. Go in your editing room and, it, and, and make it. I took Christian to see Batman versus Superman. Very dark. And it was pretty dark. And he was happy enough with it. This was Christian, so he's probably Kids are very seven at the time that he saw it. And he was okay. Kids are it? super oblivious. I remember yeah. seeing, like, you know, Batman, Batman Returns, and being like, yeah, I love Batman. And then you watch it later on, you're like, Penguin was murdering children. Yeah. Penguin was kidnapping children in the night, and he was going to drown them. <laughs> Fuck. Do you want some breaking news? Yes, yeah, give it to me. Well, well, can I just preface something that trade... Deadline is happening as we speak. So yes. we are live recording during the trade. You will listen to this delayed. Beams is a magpie. So it's a fucking wow. weird concept. What for? No, that hasn't come out yet. Brisbane have bent. So you're seeing that on Twitter as opposed to seeing that on the AFL website. Yep. So just to tell back... My around, sources, and just let, I'll, I'll fully disclose my sources. Sam McClure? No, they're the two source bottles. At the end of uh, Central Coast Mariners. Oh, Master Foods. The two Master Foods sauce bottles. They're my sources, okay? Those two big giant bottles of Gosford. But uh, Beams is a pie. I think that... The deal deal is yet to come out. Just on the surface, I think Brisbane may have gotten bent over. Yeah, Brisbane are going to get fucked. They give up Dugowie, Crisp, and they wouldn't have used the pick on Greenwood, but what is effectively Levi Greenwood for... Beams and back they'll get pick fucking seventeen. It's it's looking like they're going to get him for Marcus Adams. Oh fucking Marcus. Brisbane! Brisbane have forgot to bring the lube. Yeah, on this one, this is horrible. Read read it again. Oh no, just it's it's my the people I trust. I'm not going to name them. There's there's certain accounts that you follow on Twitter. That, it's on fucking Twitter, mate. You're not protecting a yeah, mole. But who am I reading it from? And I'm not just reading out random just Mick tell us, Warner just tweets. Tell, if it's on Twitter, just tell us who it is. No, I can't. It's not a fucking someone. What are you talking about? I can't. It's in the public domain. It's I on may Twitter. have received an email. You have not received an email. Just fucking. You just said you got. Do off you Twitter. want to talk about email? I've got to talk about emails after. That's Paul Connors there. What do you got to talk about emails for? So um, anyway, talk about emails now. What do you got? Just on First Man, just closing the book. Fabian didn't get it. That's basically the ins and outs of First Man. No, I got it. It was a shit film. You didn't get it. 
It could have been a whole lot better. And I don't mind things when things are drawn out. You know what the issue is for dramatic effect. At the end, Tim. Spoiler alert. He gets he, to the moon. He gets back to Earth, and he sees his wife. Now, when you see your wife after being away, gone to the moon, you've come back. There's a pane of glass in between you and Elise. He's been quarantined. You're starting 20 metres away from this pane of glass. She walks in on the other side, 20 metres away from the pane of glass. So 40 metres between you. Do you take 45 minutes to both approach that bit of glass or do you run to that glass and say, or, you know, give give her a wave or or a smile when you see your wife? Once again, Fabian has failed to gleam the point. They made Neil Armstrong look like a dunce, honestly. Once again, Fabian has failed to gleam. And they made Buzz Aldrin look like a moron. Do you want me to tell you how you failed to to comprehend the the theme there? There may have been some urgency is is maybe what I'd be saying too. Neil and his wife, shout out to Neil's wife, can't remember your name. They, uh, They got separated not long after that, and they both knew they were in a fruitless relationship. Ultimately, the death of their daughter had driven a schism between the two of them. Schism. Which Neil put himself into his You're applauding that. What are you applauding? The word schism. Neil put himself into his work. I used impale incorrectly, incorrectly. and I didn't get it. Um, Neil threw himself into his work in an attempt to escape the grief of losing his daughter, which drove a wedge between he and his wife, which ultimately... Led I'd to them separating. So therefore, when they saw themselves after that, Neil, they had both realised at some point that we're done, we're over. And that was the product of it. It wasn't like you Do and you know Kelly what? seeing you, each you, other you have after you've been on a fucking business trip to go talk about building car parks in Queensland. Yeah. And you see each other at the airport. And, oh, hey, how are you going? How was your trip? Tell us about your trip. It wasn't like Give my wife a hug and a kiss. Well, he fucking couldn't. There was glass between them. All right. I would have, I would have done the, the... Hand palm on the, the glass. They did that eventually. Oh, 45 minutes later. Because he was a very... What's that in? Is that in... Um, it's in Entourage. No, no. Is it in... Tim's um, holding his hand out. You think in E.T. with the one finger? One of my favourite movies I'll with be the right asteroid here. where uh, Ben Starman. Affleck is... No, no. You're uh, talking about Liv Tyler yeah. on, the, Liv on, the, Tyler. on the screen. Armageddon. That's what it is when it... Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. That's a terrible movie. I love that movie. It's great, but it's shit. Oh, look, it's it's cheesy, but um, I love it. Jeff Parker. That's one of my favourite lines when um, Chris uh, Steve Buscemi goes, is anyone else nervous that we're going up in something that was built by the lowest bidder? Oh, yeah, exactly that's right. That's quite good. What I don't he understand is great, about that Steve Buscemi is why a great is there character like a, Why is there like an, an Why can aura? we get and land... Look, we saw First Man. Why is there an aura coming off the asteroid that's floating through space? Because it would be boring if it didn't. <laughs> we saw the struggles of how to land the lunar module on the moon. In First Man. This is, this, mate, this is Michael Bay. Michael Bay doesn't care about that. Right. So my point is, they can land on an asteroid, a moving asteroid. This is 30 years later, if we want to speak with some verisimilitude. Yet we don't have the technology to remote detonate. Well, that's that was a failure. That was, that was yeah. Let's land on a moving asteroid. Easy. The other best what line. What about in, detonating? Oh, oh the, we have to leave a man behind for that. The other best line in that movie was J.J. Uh, Abrams wrote Armageddon. And uh, probably the best line in the movie is when Owen Wilson's like a. Um, oh, what's the term? He's like a. Um, cowboy. He is a cowboy. Um, geologist, sort of like. Yep. Uh, yeah. And he, he used the line, they're talking to him, and he just has this offhand line where he says, You know what really annoys me? When people think that Jethro Tull's just the name of some guy in a band. Because he's an agriculturalist. Yep. Whatever. I thought that was would have gone over people like Fabian who were like, blow stuff up. <laughs> Where's the rockets? Sean, will First Man go down as one of the great movies of all time? 
Well, there's been quite a few movies made, so it's a very select company to go into that. We'll be up there with uh, Gladiator. It was a completely different movie. Who gives a shit? Is it as good as Gladiator? It's a completely different movie. You're going to be stuck on an island, like me, a desert like saying, island for the rest of your life, that, Sean. You're allowed to bring one movie. Are you bringing First Man? That's like saying, is Who Framed Roger Rabbit as good as Schindler's List? <laughs> Not quite. Schindler's List doesn't have Bob Hoskins in it, right? Bob Hoskins. What's his name? Hoskins. Hoskins. They only have one scene in Schindler's List where they have any colour at all. Yep. Girl in the red petticoat. We're going to move to some sport. Yeah, let's I was going to say, that. I think he missed that one then well, too. What, Girl in the red petticoat? Please. What? <laughs> You're an idiot. Uh, we're going to go to AFL trade. I don't even know why because that hasn't finished yet. Um, we're going to talk about some trades. What happened since we go finished up last week? What, anything? A, what happened? What? Wingard, he's gone. Well, the Setterfield trade for Carlton went through after we the recorded trade we last started week. last week. Yeah, it had started to. on Monday. It was, yeah. It started Monday, uh, closes the Wednesday. So the major after. deals that got have gotten done are obviously the McGovern deal got done. Early, but then he he's not a big mover. It was just he was a guy that had selected a club. Yeah. The Shield deal looked like it was going to get done, and we're still waiting for that to get through. Well, the irony, I just read a tweet that was basically sort of saying... Can you tell us who sent that tweet, unlike Fabian? I think it... Because Fabian's got I think a mole better Sam deep. McClure, and, and look, it'll... What what will play out... It will, will get play done. out in this, in this next hour anyway. But um, the comment, it was about how hard Adrian Dodoro is to... Do a deal with Adrian Dodoro. So Sam Edmund. Are you going to use the analogy used on yeah. me earlier? Adrian Dodoro. No, no, wait. Let, let me do this, and you can have oh. you can have your bit. He goes. Sam Edmund says Adrian Dodoro asked on Monday why the Bombers have a reputation for being hard to deal with at trade time, and his response is that's a bit of a myth, a bit of a comedy. Just over an hour remaining, and Shield still isn't over the line. Surely it gets done, but what would the fallout be if he doesn't? And I think that's fantastic. Dodoro is like, is the coach, is the college football coach in Waterboy. Deep pull, deep pull, deep pull. Who steals Fonzie's playbook. Yep. Um, and <coughs> rides that playbook to glory. That's right. And then when he doesn't, no longer has that playbook or someone else. So in other words, without it, he, can't, he doesn't know what he's doing. Now, last year, Dodoro basically piggybacked on the back of everyone else's trade ideas and... Got them over line. So he's got them over line. He so can't... basically saying Dodoro just steals other people's homework. Basically. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Fair enough. I'm just noticing, isn't it a bit strange that they've got a couple of bottles of Carlton Zero just on the desk there in front it's, of... It's the major sponsor. I get that's the major sponsor, but usually... Zero, zero alcohol. Powerades and everything else. Um, do we actually... You know what would actually probably be good to have, which I don't have in front of me, which I probably should have thought of earlier. Do we have like a club by club? Um, can Fabian produce that at all? I can produce that. Bear with us. Yeah. What was the last movie you saw, Timbo? The movies. I saw uh, Meg, the Meg. Yeah. What do you think? You know what it is. Expectations are in line with, you know. Look again. I took uh, I took a seven year old and a ten year old mm-hmm. to see it. They absolutely love sharks. Yeah. They're into it. They don't like. My, my son keeps on saying he, he refuses to believe that there is no such thing as a megalodon anymore. He, he wants to you know, still believe that they exist. Same thing, he'll, he'll ask you the question, what's the biggest snake in the world? It's an anaconda. Well, no, he says it's a titanoboa, which was basically a, a, an extinct um, massive snake. So uh, Must yeah. have been hard graft living back in those times. It's the one in my pants. <laughs> 
Sorry. So is it extinct? I'm child. I'm child. Yeah. <laughs> Just shriveled it's up. It's, re- it's, re- it's retired. Fabian <laughs> um, claims it's retired. We'll wait and see. But yeah, they... they, no, they it's retired. <laughs> it is well and truly. You know what's going to happen? We're going to be sitting here and Fabian's going to break the news. <coughs> We're expecting triplets. Can't, can't win a flag. Triplets. <laughs> Kelly might get oh, Kelly's got room for more. <laughs> but... Uh, Gonna have a couple of lodges in there. Put this way, I'm willing to sacrifice 25 years of peace and quiet. <laughs> Carlton win a flag. I'll have a third job. Okay. I'd, I'd almost go for four. <laughs> um, Do you have that list yet, Fab? Come on, we've stored long um, enough. So back on the Meg. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, it's the old sort of thing. You've got to if you're gonna bring if you're gonna bring back a dinosaur like they did in Jurassic Park, you've got to give a plausible reason as to why they suddenly get thrust back into reality. Didn't it just escape the crust the, of the, the earth? The tree sap. No, no. Basically, what they did was they said uh, old school sonographs, sonograms, whatever, that were modelling the ocean floor down. Mm. You know, it wasn't the Marianas Trench, it was the Philippines Trench, but same part of the world. Mm-hmm. They basically said the the um, sensors that they were utilising to be able to say this is where the floor of the earth is, somebody had a theory saying what if they basically said it was like a clouded area and there turns out there's an area of warm water that sits below the base of what they considered was the earth. Mm. And uh, you were paying attention, tell you what. Yeah, and this cloudy area... Basically, looks like the like it, it comes, it pings back if you like, as being. So they mistook it. So they mistook it, yeah. and then in the end, they got a machine to go down oh, and no. broke through the cloud, started investigating, saw new breeds of animals. They said this is massive for, um, for you know, biology, marine biology, and all that sort of stuff. But within this environment was the perfect environment for the megalodon to oh, live. Fuck. And then, obviously, craft goes in, it starts getting attacked. They escape, they come out through the hole in the cloud, but then old mate follows them oh, out, doesn't no. he? So, Fucking crafty, those megalodons. Oh, hell yes. Crafty. So anyway, that's that's the moral of the story. And, and, and you basic... Don't go looking for things. Yeah, exactly. Curiosity beep, 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 oh, yep. beep, beep, beep. Can you tell us who this come from? Mick Warner, this has come from. You're willing to grass up your source this time. Yeah, because this is just available to everybody. You the other said, one wasn't. oh, bullshit. Who'd the other one come from? Sean. You don't have you're, sources. You're, you're, you're playing a dangerous game. You don't have sources. Um, Mick Warner's reporting that neither Carlton or Essendon offers so far are good enough to get the Shield deal done. We're obviously offering a future first. So Brisbane are sitting in the trade room as we speak. With? About to hand over Dane Beams for a, no, bo- a box of elastoplast. No, and, they're uh, handing over um, Marcus Adams, aren't they? Bulldogs? Because it's Bulldogs. And that's a player agent next to him. This is probably not going to make for great pod, by the <laughs> no, way. No, no, no. Give me the fucking list I've not, I said I've got the list and you just got, you don't listen to me. I don't have it club by club because oh, it won't filter. But you jerk off. Reese Conker to Fremantle. Yeah. Luke Dalehouse to Geelong. Yeah. Uh, we won't do pick swaps and all that crap. That's too um, many. Lincoln McCarthy to Brisbane. Um, Corey Ellis, Anthony Miles to the Gold Coast. I want to run an audible here because this is boring. What we're going to do is, what have we got that hasn't been done yet? <laughs> You're 100% right. That would have been fucking shock- <laughs> shocking listening. I've called it quickly. I've seen Blitz and I've called it. Um, oh, who the fuck's that? That's Kelly. Hold on. I thought it was going to be tiny. Kelly, welcome to the podcast. Shout out to Kelly. Oh, you Shout out to Kelly. Welcome Shout out back. to Kelly. Welcome back, Kel. You're live on air, Kel. No, tonight. I thought I said that. 
Chuck, uh, Chuck Kelly up to the microphone. Can you hear me, Kelly? I can hear you, Sean. Yeah, How yeah. are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm well, thank you. Can you just give us a really brief rundown? What did you make of the royal wedding? I really liked the royal wedding. I thought it was very traditional. Is that all you got for us? Is that, is that it? How did she look, huh? I thought she looked beautiful. Is she pregnant? No. Because the other one was. I picked it. What? I did. I actually called Natalie during the ceremony and said, Megan is pregnant. Funny you say that because um, I'm pretty sure every I'm pretty sure every tabloid fucking paper in the world also said that because she was holding the clutch. She was holding the clutch in front of her stomach. Uh. And it was the way that she had her jacket buttoned up as well. Mm, mm, mm. What do you got for us on the trade front, Kel? On the what? <laughs> on the trade front, Kel. No idea. You're talking AFL trade? Yeah. Yeah. Is there yeah. another? Is there another trade happening at the I moment? Don't, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Is there? <laughs> Do you reckon Dane Beams gets to Collingwood? Um, I did hear about Dane Beams. Yes. What are your sources okay. telling you? Because Fabian won't tell us what his sources are telling him. I didn't even know Fabian had sources on this. He fucking doesn't. That's what no, I've been check saying. Check the fridge. There's a lot of sauce in there. Worcestershire, soy. <laughs> the Eater barbecue sauce is probably the best one in there. Yuck. Well, Brisbane and and the doggies have just done a deal. They're shaking hands. Everyone's happy. They're all smiles. I reckon that's the Marcus Adams deal. Yeah, Arthur, you incorrectly called this. Fabian. No idea who you're talking about. How, how great would Fabian be actually all right, Cal, live we'll commentating this. this? See you, Kelly. Okay, yeah. right. Sorry to interrupt. Bye. 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 How, how good bye. would Fabian be live commentating Sorry about that. this? That'd be fucking hilarious. We sit there going, we just got, uh, looks like the Dane Beams deal is going to be done there. <laughs> God, it's the fucking Brisbane Lions and Footscray, you idiot. That, well, I thought that was going to be part of the Dane, Dane Beams deal. But oh, anyway, so we're going to touch on what's not got done. Shield is not yet done. Nick Newman is not yet done. Carlton were hoping to get that done today. I don't think it's critical. Do we need Nick Newman, Tim? Given that Kieran Byrne broke his ankle playing for the County Luth final on the weekend. I reckon that yes. might have been the last straw, even from a Carlton point of view, in yep. terms of, yeah, look, you don't want to come back. But they're going, you just broke your ankle playing fucking GAA. And, and we probably said, look, you know, we'll give you permission to be able to, mm. to do it. But, you know, and, oh. and, and you want to keep him sort of, you know, you want to give a bit to be able to then ask for a bit back when you loved. sort of come back to fulfil your contract. But say, look, you're doing this at your own risk. But ultimately you're saying, well, your final year of your contract, you're going to be rehabbing your ankle anyway. There's no guarantees it's going to be right to go. You know, and, and obviously there's been discussions about Tom Scully and big talk today was you know that he was always going to be our future first-round draft pick in the trade from Hawthorne. But once they got the medical report back, the opinion of his ankle was so poor that it dropped all the way to a future fourth-rounder. Mm-hmm. I, I hadn't heard that until written that, that it, it makes sense. It makes all the I sense in the world. Hawthorne, they're paying their the salary is their risk. Just that's, remember that, that's Fab, what their risk. Just remember, Hawthorne have got an outstanding medical team and a great record rehabbing badly injured players. Yeah. Just remember that. Sean Burgoyne, yeah. Jago Ramirez, pick yeah. thirty-two. Just remember that Fab and, and just, a future third for uh, Marcus Adams. Just, by the way. just completely disregard the fact that the key piece of that jigsaw puzzle isn't at the Hawks anymore. Correct. Let's just disregard that entirely. But the Hawks, they do it so well. The Hawks, they trade well. They develop well. Oh, everything they do is amazing. Look, Hawthorne are, are a great football club, but they don't report. When you have success, people don't necessarily need to report your misses. 
not your missus. <laughs> um, but, you know, Mitch Thorpe, Bo Dowler, Bo Mustard. more than 10 years ago. Ty Vickery, yeah, but it's, it's the same core of people. They're, they're talking about this era, this 10-year dominant era. What, what I take they've out had, of the... They've had hits and misses, like every club, but they've been successful during that period. What I take out of Hawthorne's acquisitions over the last couple of days is I, I don't think that the AFL would be thrilled... I think the AF would be sitting there going, this doesn't, this, I don't think these acquisitions, what they've gained and what they've lost, I don't think propels them to a premiership, but it keeps them in the eight. AFL want people to rise or to yeah. drop. They don't want them to and there's, really AFL probably sitting there going, stay in the same spot. You're just going to plateau and take someone else's spot. And you're going to keep doing this, keep refreshing, keep refreshing. We've spoken about it. You know what does that? You know what? I used this phrase to dad last night and I was really pleased with uh, my. Did you use the word schism? I didn't use the word schism Shit. on that occasion. But Tim would have ran around to your house and started applauding. That would so. have been a nice surprise at about eight thirty <laughs> last night. Um, what what the AFL need to do is embrace the notion that teams like Hawthorne can do what they want to do. They can go and they can trade away all their picks. And they can bring in Wingard and they can lose Burton, who is pretty much the only top tier talent they've taken at the draft in years. Top tier, yes. I was going to say um, Blake Hardwick did finish second yeah, in the best and fairest, but, no, but he their, wasn't top one tier. One of their only first round draft picks for some time. They can do that all they want. But the house always wins. Yep. And you know how the house wins? Carlton, Gold Coast, the poorer teams get two picks yep. in the top five. Yep. Oh, we've gone through this. We, but, yeah, this is mean, that's but 100%. Double back around it. Hawthorne, you can continue doing that. Someone else, you can Sydney or whatever, you can stop taking top, top kids or whoever it might be, you can stop taking top, top kids. You want to just top up. But the house always wins. And the teams that are down the bottom will get you because they're getting doubles. Yeah, that's how it happens. That's how the wheel turns. And, and I think in the end that becomes the carrot and the panacea towards rebuilding. Yep. That all of a sudden, if you are approaching the edge of the cliff, there's more of a carrot to say you can improve quicker mm. by what we're going to um, entice you with. So then um, you're less likely to try and continue to top up, top up. You're going to say time for the rebuild, yep. and then you just got to you just got to nail your picks when they come along. Totally. Marcus Adams joining Brisbane for pick 32 in a future third-round pick. Is that right? Apparently, he's the domino, the first domino to fall in a three-club deal. Now, how did Collingwood get Beams and Jordan Roughhead? I think they just want to get rid of well, Roughhead. Roughhead's free agency. Yeah. Well, I don't understand how that's the first domino. Well, I think it's whatever Brisbane are getting. Oh, no. I think you just got to accept. Brisbane needs to receive. They're the one giving away Beams. You've got to accept, yeah. Fabian, that... By and large, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> this is coming from Mitch Cleary. They're just guessing. You know, you know what would make deadline day better? I get that they want to have people centralised, but what? And I understand they can't do this in England because there's 92 teams in the football league and more. Mm. What we don't get, and what makes deadline day amazing, is deadline that, day now in England is shit out. It's, it's shit out. It's, it's worse because the Premier League is obviously broken away from the rest of Europe yeah. as far as the deadline. But in terms of you don't get the live crosses out to Prince's Park where our war room is gathered and we're doing deals with Essendon and Tullamarine who are doing deals with Adelaide over in West Lakes and all that. So you don't get the old, we'll cross now to Tim Davis at Prince's Park. Cultural attaché to Cultural attaché. Don't lean up against the gardener stand, Tim. It'll fall down. Or you'll get fucking tetanus. <laughs> but that tetanus. idea where you Isn't cross. tetanus a shot? Well, you need a tetanus shot. You said you'll get tetanus. You, you can get tetanus. Well, tetanus you? is a disease. Yes. Is it? You have a shot to it's prevent right. oh, you from getting Tim. said disease. Oh, sorry, I'm, I've got the flu. I don't know what I'm talking about. But this idea of you go Ka- and do the Kelly just crosses. felt bad that she didn't uh, say hello to me, so she's texted me. So 
Shout All is forgiven, Cal. Shout out to Cal. Kelly just sent me a text as well. I think independent of the text you got. Sorry, back on Royalish news. Beep 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 beep. Pippa Middleton, welcome to baby boy today. Shout out to Pippa and your husband. Great work, Pippa. Well the done. Bombers have offered two first round picks. It's about to go through. Good. About time. Why didn't they just do that initially? <laughs> it's taken him eight days to do that, Adrian Dodoro, but he's not difficult to deal with. Yeah. So, eight days. So they're finally paying it up. And then that. they'll all turn and say, Essendon have done, had a great trade period. Yeah, and you're going, now, what? It took you eight asking, days to do the deal that everyone knew needed to happen five minutes after it was announced. If you had just said two first round picks, I understand that maybe not being your opening gambit. But, yeah, absolutely. but you always sort of know that ultimately if we can get away with less than this, we've done well, but we know the greater likelihood is we know been, this will get done, but if we can water it down in any way, let, let's angle they, to do it. As soon as they started shedding everyone around Dylan Shield, yep. certainly you would realise they might be able to fucking keep him. Yep. Mm, yep. But no, Dodoro, he's a master. He's a past master of bullshittery. Correct. They need to get 22 of. minutes to go and he still hasn't done the deal. Mate, he's but, he, but he's really good to deal with. Like four or five people are now tweeting. It's like credible people. Sam. I've got absolutely no... Why are you grassing up all your sources now? The one before, I'm not going to give up. He was no one. To you, maybe. Off pod, I will let you know. Oh, mate, please. Um, who else we got? Lockie Neal goes to uh, Brisbane. Jesse Hogan goes to Fremantle. Uh, what was the other one? Stephen May. Stephen May, and, Kate uh, Collajasny to Collegesny? Melbourne for pick six. Kate Collajasny was pick five five years ago. They used think, pick six have, to get May and Collajasny. I wouldn't have thought he depreciated that much. Had concussion issues, and I think he had a pretty significant hamstring injury a couple of years ago. So he's been a little bit in the foot, footy wilderness the last couple of years, but the kid can play. Okay. So I'm, um, for, for Melbourne's sake, I think that's a great deal. Um, I think Melbourne have been the winners out of this trade period, personally. They can afford to trade short uh, Well, they moved term. on Tyson on. Um, who else did they move on? They moved on, or they were going to move on Aaron Vandenberg, but they didn't. They brought in they, they Braden Proust. Yeah, Proust has come in. So I actually had a thought about this. Have Melbourne acquired Braden Proust? Because if they get May, like they, you play May, Lever comes back mid-next year. Yep. And you've got McDonald there as well. You've got Wiedemann there. Hogan's gone, I get that. But they are like they're they are big. So you think about Braden Pruce, probably not going to get a go as a second ruck behind Max Gorn because he can't really play forward. But I think the thing that you find with Max Gorn is he got tired, very tired Agreed. by the end of the season. So I I think they they recognise they need somebody to. Assist him. Just give him a chop out. Yeah. So and so whether that means Bruce is an every week ruckman, or whether he plays away games because the yeah, travel's a bit harder and all that sort of stuff as well. This is what I. This is what I thought. I was. I was had some time to myself, Fab, and I had a quiet moment to reflect. Josh Kelly won't get done. Josh Kelly. Tim Kelly won't get done. Yeah, don't care. Just letting I, you know. I had a quiet moment to reflect. Is your source telling you that? Is it deep throat? No. Nah. Um, and I had a quiet moment to reflect, and I thought. Are Melbourne getting Braden Pruce using AFL loves the NFL, they love American model, the NBA, they love that model. Are they getting Braden Pruce as like a training squad member? Probably not. Because he's a big bodied guy, he's a big fucking gorilla. He's gonna be in training, he's gonna be just extraordinary to ruck against. 
and what you're actually doing is as Ruckman become you know, more physical, bigger, stronger, you've got this guy who, let's be honest, probably isn't good enough to play AFL football regularly. He is young. He is young, but we'll put him in the team and training against him will be This is the Jordan Ruffin. difficult. Jordan Ruffin deal is just about to get done. Magpies and the... So we'll just cut to the AFL head honcho sitting in a dark room. It's off the air. I love how in this room, the biggest, uh, they've got like framed uh, portraits on the wall. It's, an os- it's a random os kicker who's <laughs> holds the biggest portrait in the room. There's a lot of weird, yeah. Sam Powell was happy. Sam Powell was the integrity officer at the Carlton Football Club. He was. Got no idea what that role is, but he did it well enough to, to get a, the, uh, quite a significant promotion in the football world. Um, do we want to keep going with AFL? Do we want to park AFL trade until this wraps up? We, we can do that. We can do that and just talk about who, winners and losers. Yep, we'll come back Tim's giving me some, a fist pump. No, I just thought we were going to move on to Tim's Nuggets. I saw Later, I thought we were Tim's about Nuggets to uh, jump into um, Fabian wants to do an A-League preview. I just think we should talk about the A-League. The A-League's kicking off. Let's talk about the A-League. Lead us well, off. Well, lead us off. Look, I was, I was hoping to acquire... Um, <laughs> Someone from from uh, the Melbourne Victory to come on pod and, and did you, you know, put out it? Did you ask? So, I, asked, I asked the media coordinator at the Melbourne Victory who who bluntly gave me a fuck off. So um, they didn't. I just like to make that official that I. I I'm, they I'm, didn't. <laughs> they didn't tell you to fuck off, did they? No. They they, they bluntly rejected me. Who did you speak to? I spoke to Sean Peter Budge, <laughs> and um, and I requested. So I, I'd like to put on record that the Ian Printercast have requested to speak to someone. Who do you request to speak to, by the way? Can you tell me? Uh, KSK Honda yeah. and Kevin Musket, either one of the two. Well, if you want to come down to Marlowe Stadium at 11 o'clock approximately on Thursday morning, um, KSK will be having an open media call. So you can come down there and be our guest. 11 o'clock when? Uh, tomorrow morning. At Marvel. At Marvel Stadium, yeah. Uh, I'll be there. Enter via... Bring your journalism accreditation, you'll be good to go. Yeah, you, you will need to bring your FFA accreditation. <laughs> That's a blockbuster video card, sir. Um, you will need to so bring... So I'm just FFA. saying, look... We, we, Who we, else we, did you want? You wanted Keskay? Or Kevin Musket. Or the senior coach. So, um... So he, I'll he, be posting, I'll be posting... He did there. a reverse Dodoro. As a mate of mine, Ben Fay says, shout out to Benny Fay. Sh- if you're going to be a bear... Be a grizzly bear. So if you want someone, either get their best player or get their coach. That's right. What about a Kodiak bear? Don't so, ask. Well, yeah. <laughs> we also did put a formal request through to Melbourne City to talk to Bruno Fornaroli and bullshit. have not and not received a response. Bullshit. Yet. We have. Oh, bullshit. We have. <laughs> you didn't really. We did. Show me the email. The imprintercast at gmail.com. Don't email us. We don't check it. <laughs> You, you didn't seriously put in I'm a request. Serious. You might have had a response from Bruno himself. You just didn't know. Just tell me when and where. <laughs> tell me when and where. <laughs> On my way home. We need to get an extra I can stop by Bandera and uh, pop into the uh, Melbourne City. So, yeah, yeah, we did put requests through to both clubs, one of which we have personal ties to, and we were flatly denied, Tim. So, unfortunately, you know, the Melbourne Derby this week, biggest game of the round, biggest game going What about around. this cockhead as well, by the way? Can I just say, <laughs> he spends all of last week going, can you give me tickets? Can you give me tickets? He gives me two tickets. Give me tickets? And I went, yeah, okay. I'll see what I can do. So I was like, yeah, i got a couple of tickets. you want to come? No. I didn't say no. Did I say no? I said to you... Yeah. When is enough enough with you? I want the option. I want the tickets in my hand. Mm. Don't look, what are the, you know, you, you're like, I said, what do they do call you him? An them? Indian giver. Are you still allowed to say that? Yeah. Well, well maybe not. Are you, seriously, we're going to the text. We're not going to the text. We're going to the text. We're pre-league, 
preview in the A-League. Now, I sent him a photo of two tickets. Yes. Want them? I'd like the option, but better to give to someone guaranteed. I'd like the option. It's not like you said, yeah, take them. If they don't get used, they don't get used. I'm not giving you tickets you're not going to use. Why not? Let's give them away. We can't give them away. That would be unprofessional and perhaps what to our listeners for an so, official warning. So are you saying the Melbourne victory are denying us access to uh, their marquee player and their head coach yeah. and are also and ticket, unwilling and to give away. And unwilling to participate. So this this uh, this podcast, we, we are officially uh, the podcast, not me personally. The, but podcast. the podcast are supportive of uh, Melbourne City. So we're this is a I always have been a Melbourne the, City supporter. So the Imprintercast is the, the official podcast of the uh, of Melbourne City. So I'll know to not bother to offer you victory tickets in the future? Me personally, yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll take them. <laughs> um, Usain Bolt, anyone see? As soon as you left, Sean, me and Sean were watching the Usain Bolt. We both said he'll never score. <laughs> and he scored Sean, too. Sean left and he's... I actually, this, this... I'm not just for dramatic effect or, or for, you know, telling a good story. I... Walked onto his car. I got back in the lounge room, and you saying it scored two goals. So we weren't out there for that long. But I, took, I think he's exaggerating a bit. No, I've seen one goal. Pick seventy five for the, Jordan Ruffin. The first goal. That's what was, I was just going to say. The first goal was all right. It was a nice goal. Yeah. I haven't seen the second goal. I mean, so. look. Let's be honest. He scored against Macarthur Southwest, Southwest United, an NPL Division Two team. Yeah. That hadn't played. So there in, is context. That hadn't played in a very long time. Yeah. Um. So look, the first goal was fine. The second goal was just you would never. Be luckier in your life. Yep. As a striker to score that. Literally, I would have scored that. As Ali Moreno would say. Your back is not great. Uh, that that's from <laughs> Ali Moreno used to say. Yeah, that, that's from my range. <laughs> An empty net about a meter out. So, is that free metal in the room? Why are those? There's two guys just standing in the doorway awkwardly. Like you know when you walk into a nightclub and there's just idiots standing in the door. Mm. Or move. you're the first person to a party and there's. Like, I can move going, out of the door. Really here. That is. Free metal. This could be Travis Collier. Who's the dickhead on the right? No, He'll no. be the manager. He looks like Gaza. He does look like Gaza. He looks like <laughs> Paul Gascoigne. He's going but to. Gaza looks worse than that now. Late in his like, career, he's looked like Paul Gascoigne's going to like bloke, a he's speaking got a bit event. Of, um, Michael Keaton about him, which he does Man. have a bit of Michael Keaton about him. <laughs> yep. Are well, you talking about from the Macca's <coughs> movie? Hey, from the Macca's movie. Yeah, that era of Michael Keaton. Ray yeah, I, I saw a lot of. Um, what, what's the one where he's got the wings? Birdman. Birdman. He's got a bit of the Birdman look about him. The, in that yeah, one. the founder was like the Social Network with fries. A little bit, yes. Jordan Ruffin's good for Collingwood. Yeah, whatever. Um, he's a premiership player, pick seventy five. Do your A League preview, mate. I'd like to talk about the A League. Who do we think is going to win? Melbourne victory. No, Sean, don't give us. Can you Dinamo analyze- Kiev? Dina Mokiev. Now, this is gone nowhere. Move on. <laughs> Red Star Belgrade. Do we think Usain's going to get a contract? Uh, Did you know that Michael Capitan, who I used to, we used to work with at Cardno, played goalkeeper skipper. for Red Star Belgrade? No. Like in the first team? Was this during the Yugoslav war era where <laughs> there wasn't really a league happening? Or? No, no, this is... As he was growing up, he was a boxer it as well. Quite Evidently, he had phenomenal... Times. Um, as a keeper, yeah, he was a keeper. So why didn't why why didn't he goalkeep in our in our corporate games? No one wants to. Because it was against his religion. It was like a the goalkeeper Adventist uh, to play to play and enjoy things. No one wants to goalkeep. 
We had Graham. Uh, he was also like sixty years of what age was his at name? that point. Graham Stenton. Stenton. He, he clotheslined someone in corporate games. <laughs> I, I can see gas doing that. Yeah, and, uh, and got sent off. It was quite funny. Um, yeah. No, look, I just. So uh, who wins? I reckon Melbourne City. No. I don't think Melbourne Victory. Sean won't like me saying this. I don't think Melbourne Victory have the goals in them this season. Can we Ola Toivonen? Who? Who? Swedish man scored at the World Cup. He's about seventy-five like years old. He's one hundred and thirty-seven uh, years old. Old mate Adrian Dodoro's finally entered the building. He's not. He's not difficult to deal with, but with eleven minutes to go in trade week, he's finally in there. Why is there three people from Essendon and then? Because Dodoro's. Because Dodoro. Yeah, Why was he just shaking his Dodoro's head? Dodoro's illiterate, so he can't read any of them. <laughs> oh, no. Allegedly, I didn't say that. That was Fabian. Um. Oh, I think Melbourne Victory have got goals in them, absolutely. Oh, I, I think they'll struggle. I don't think they've adequately replaced Bessart. No, Bessart Barisha didn't have a great year last year. No, he didn't. And that's why they didn't win the league. So I think that if you add... Toivonen comes in... And look, it all depends on those guys. If he can find the net, then Victory are absolutely in business. Honda, um, people should be excited about watching this guy play. No doubt. He, mm. he should be a He's really, a really good acquisition. Uh, you know, Barbarousas is there. Troisi's still there. That's, I'm sorry, we keep trumping it. That's frosty in there. It is very. Adrian Dodoro is not making any eye contact. He's standing on his phone. And he's standing on his phone. Connors is just... Um, Dodoro's well, been bent over here. Paul Connors has got it's the world's bullied. biggest sweat patch because Dodoro looks like he forgot the lube. <laughs> Dodoro's, he, I reckon Dodoro genuinely thought he was going to get away with... Pick nine. Nine and 30. And it's dawned on him. Oh, there's a logjam at the door. Bombers blinked. Jason McCartney's fucking happy with himself. Yeah, because he bent him over. We'll see if there's a handshake here from Jason McCartney. And- no, there, there's McCartney and Dodora as far away as they could possibly be. They're coming together. McCartney's going to give him... He's McCartney's going to I think McCartney's waiting. shake his hand. It's not going to happen. McCartney's waiting, but Dodora's blanked him, still blanking him, won't make contact, won't make contact. There's a... Very Touched him, and that's as good as you get. Dodoro. Dodoro's almost walked into the door to avoid making further and contact. this is Carlton Sydney. This is Nick Newman. That is Carlton Sydney. Yep, this is Nick Newman. I wonder what we're going to give up. I know this we'll, man. I don't know this guy's name. He's a very nice guy, the Carlton guy. Ah, oh, I've just drawn a blank on his name. He's, he's a really nice guy. Looks like Mark Neal. Someone's got to tell the Sydney bloke that the pen's leaked and he's got ink all over his mouth. Oh, good would it be? That's Kenny Beatson. This might be the worst podcast episode of all time, but... We're going with okay, it, but so we're enjoying you've done your it. A-league, That's important. Are you finished up on your A League preview? That's my A League preview. I just want to. No, I want to preview more the uh, the derby. That was horseshit. Your A League preview, by the way, uh, because your input was zero. Because Mr. Melbourne Victory, I can't say anything. I, you Victory. said that when you said that Melbourne Victory, all you threw up was Toivonen. That's all you said, said the whole time. Melbourne Victory's front line. They got Raul Baena comes in. Who to anchor midfield? This will be where a- the goals coming from. Toivonen, Honda, Honda. Troisi, Barbarousas. Honda is going to move like an 84 prelude, mate. Terry, An- Terry Antona. Uh, Terry Antonis. Antonis. Sorry, I've got Honda mixed up there. Terry, Terry Antonis, Antonis went on a run through 10 wing. people who refused to tackle him. Out of, it was 117th minute. They were exhausted. Um, and Terry was what? Fresh? No, but he kept on going. He kept on keeping on. So, look, I think that you're a bit down on the Melbourne Victory. I thought you were a Melbourne Victory fan. Evidently, I am. I'm just I'm, I'm worried. throwing tickets in my face. <laughs> I'm worried about where the goals are coming I've from. I told you. Ola Toivonen. Okay, and I think Melbourne City, with a fit Bruno Fornaroli, can actually 
take the step. Bruno had a very poor year last year. Bruno had a horrible year. By his standards, injury and whatnot, his first year was outstanding. He was taking the piss in the first Um, season. And then he just... Or his first season. Yeah. Um, obviously, Perth Glory get uh, Tony Popovich in as coach, and, and he's got a you know great track record of organising teams and being very. This is the Dame uh, Beams, Beams deal comes getting... in at eight twenty three. Um, they've got a very good track record, Popper, of drilling the teams and, and getting good results out of them. His time at Western Sydney, of course, yielded an ACL title. Yeah, um, outstanding, and they were always there. They won an ACL title when they were. Playing dog shit football they, in the A League. Let's let's be brutally honest. They won an ACL title in one of the most shambolic major finals ever staged. Shield in a future second round for pick nine and future first. That's what it was always going to be. Yeah. Nick Newman traded from Sydney to Carlton for its 2019 fourth round draft pick. Is that a good result, Tim? Sensational. Excellent. Um, so is that all you got on A League? Got nothing else for me? That it? Del- no. Del- look, 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 we'll, we'll we'll touch on. I just thought this was the biggest game of the round. Sydney Derby as well. Um, I don't think the Sydney Derby... The Big Blue is bigger than the Sydney Derby. Um, yep, I agree with that. Um, and so, look, I just think... You're against this, but I, I like the fact that you kick off a season with a Derby. That's I, I understand the commercial realities. I understand yeah. it and I appreciate that. But by the same token, I, I like the idea... If you can still start it with a big-ish game and a, and a tasty matchup, both these idiots are both looking at their phones... Um, I'm listening to you, mate. By but you get the derby. The derby is always a big game. I, I think if you give get a couple games under your belt, I went to mute on my watch and I pinged my phone. Okay, <laughs> so puts that as the symbol. Moving off uh, A League now, Fabian's given us his. No, no, I just wanted to bring up the A League. Okay. Fuck, oh, Fabian wasn't going to preview the A League on his own. Okay. Moving on now, I've got a bit of odds and ends. I'll kick that off with a little bit of cricket. Of course, Australia's magnificent tour of the UAE. Call me when you're finished. UAE continues. Australians are in Abu Dhabi playing Pakistan. Pakistan. Going about as brilliantly as you'd expect. Um, absolutely shit on in the first test. And I'll just get a live update. It was not a draw. It, not that it matters. Yeah, we were fucking lucky as. We drew it. Yeah. That's not called getting shit on. We were fucking terrible. We were, we, we were soundly beaten for four days and we played one day of fantastic sort of old two, school test like cricket two sessions, to two save it. Extremely good sessions. Yep. Um, so second test live just at the moment. I mean nothing to those listening to this tomorrow. But, two for uh, 20 overnight. Uh, Pakistan, all out 282. Good result. Um, two for 20 overnight. The Australians, uh, nine for 132. That's rubbish. That's absolute fucking garbage. Let's just have a flash. Let's have a quick look at uh, how the Marsh boys went. They'll have had nine runs between the two of them at best. You're not actually far off. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Marsh managed a well-compiled three <laughs> from nine deliveries. Wasn't hanging around. And Mitch, uh, future Australian captain or so, I'm told, he um, he really craftily he stuck it out and put together 13. So they made 16, 16 runs collectively. So my nine wasn't too People far keep telling it. me that Mitch Marsh is a future Australian captain. He, he's barely in the team. Well, with your mate, Labushane. Labushkagni. Yeah. He made 25. He's actually second top scorer. Did you see his catch yesterday? Yeah. At short league or whatever it was? Yep. Fantastic. I know. I love that. When the, yeah. Like we just yeah, have absolutely no right to take it at all. But just, it's almost like the cricket god said. We're going to give you one here, mate. But this this result just in general speaks to a, a, what we can get look uh, look forward to, I think, this summer. I think India are going to come out here and really um, do a number on us. Pump us. And uh, it's going to be great viewing for everyone who wants us to be crap. It's going to be wonderful viewing for the Australian public who hate the cricket team. I don't want us to be crap. 
there's what I'm trying to get at. Sorry, there's a, there's this swell in the Australian public that, or we I don't know. I just keep getting this attitude from the a lot of people like that boarding house puddings. They just like oh they they hated it when we were the best in the world. Yep. And then now that we're ordinary and we're going to get rolled badly by a good team. They're not good away from home, India. They're not. They're not. But, but they're going to. But they've got quality players in the attack. These self same people who who criticise the team, and you've got to do this, and you've got to do that, and you have to suspend Smith for a year, and you've got to do this. They'll sit there during this upcoming summer and go, "Why are we so bad? Yeah, we're no good. Why?" No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, do we want to touch base with the uh, NFL? I just want to go on record. I don't know if I said this on record. I said that the New England Patriots would defeat. The Kansas City Chiefs. He actually and did. Fabian laughed at me and said, No. I um, Where would you like your humble pie delivered, dick face? <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Last bit of beep, beep, beep. Tim Kelly? No, Tim Kelly's not going to get done. Um, well done. Beams. Geelong. Well done, Geelong. You'll lose him for nothing. Dane Beams, 41 and 44. Jesus. To the Lions, uh, uh, from the Lions for pick 18. 56 and 2019 first rounder. Wow. That's that, actually not bad. Co- Collingwood's been pumped there. That's not bad. They've got Dane Beams in a side that they think can win a flag. So That's short-termism. I, so I would take short-termism if it got, we had a chance to win a flag. I'm That's fine. That's fine for both teams. There's no loser in that. I'm not convinced by that. I'm not convinced by that. The amount of it. salary that Dane Beams... Dane Beams fits into that salary cap perfectly because he's not worth anything. Brisbane have paid all that cash. That, that's adequate to me. Oh, I think geez. Brisbane Lions haven't been screwed and Collingwood haven't paid over by too much for a guy they really want. I've if got- it's two pick 18s and pick 56 for Beams, 41 and 44, they're getting a guy for, he's got four years to go in his career, last, five. Last time Collingwood traded a future first, they ended up getting... Adam Trelaw. Seventh. Yeah. Remember the next year they got yeah. sorry they ended up with pick seven. I GWS. think two, pick I, I, I honestly I think that uh, I'm not as bullish about Collingwood as others next year. Very very good midfield though. Yeah, I'm not as bullish. Who? About. Uh, Collingwood. If Braden Sire continues his form from the end of last season, he he's the one that players people forget um, to be able to have uh, Adams, Sidebottom, Pendlebury, Beams, and throwing guys like Tom Phillips. And Jordan Dugowie, who can go through there as well. That's a pretty decent complement of midfielders. They've got to make it work. They've got to be able to wax together, and it's up to Bucks to be able to, you know, find the find the balance. Um, they need to find a forward line too, because um, Brady Majerchuk had a great season, but I don't know that he can be relied upon game in game out. Um, I don't know where deal. Darcy Moore plays. Is he forward? Is he back? I'd love to have all these problems. <coughs> the only thing I will say about your midfield. And he's one of my favourite players in the AFL, which is weird, given that he's a Collingwood captain. Scott Penelope looks like he's slowing down. I agree. So that... But when, when everyone keeps naming their midfield, it's like Adams, Trelaw, Pendlebury. Well, Pendlebury, like Mark Murphy, same age, he's a bit same part, draft. He's a bit part player now. Time to, I'm saying, but don't, he's not your, your core midfield now. The only comment I'll make is... He moves and, to the halfback line. And, he's not one of those guys who can go forward and kick goals. He's well, a halfback mover. Well, you've got a wife who's a Collingwood supporter, so you probably tend to watch them more than what I do. Yep. The one comment I would make is the last month of footy... <laughs> Fab watches them more than Kelly does. <laughs> probably. Um, Pendles um, carried that virus late in the season, lost a lot of weight, spent a lot of time on a drip in hospital and all that sort of stuff. Yep. So he's clearly not right. So I reckon your last month and your your most recent memory of of Pendlebury is probably 
colours you know, a seventy percent Pendlebury. So I'd, it a bit. I'd give him a little bit of slack uh, on uh, on that assessment, but I think you make a decent point. We've and, got, and they uh, all get older; they do slow down. And and if they can if they can um, not rely on him as much because they've got other players around him, um, he, he could probably be selective as to when he's in centre uh, centre bounces and whatnot and be really good. Gonna grass up. Gonna grass up your source. Massive yawn. Grass up your source. No, mate. It was no one. I know it's no one. No, I will tell you off. I promise you, I will tell you off. Pod. Okay. Um, I just don't want to see. It's not a source. It's someone I reckon gets decent information. Is it someone? Is it a friend of yours? No, no, no. It's just with public. Why does it matter then? If he's on Twitter and he's tweeting the shit out. My watch has just reminded me to breathe. Opportune. Um, NFL, I said the Pats would beat the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, Fab said they wouldn't. And he was wrong. Um, I think we can take from that that the Chiefs are the real deal. What? I think the Chiefs... (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Shout out to Alex. Alex. The Chiefs went to Foxborough and put up 40 points, Sean. Do you know anything about the game? How many do they concede? Um, How many they concede? Uh, 41. And, uh, <laughs> no, 43. Is that um, a concern that you're conceding 43 points? You could be conceding 43 points in the fucking crater on the moon. made me want to vomit is they get to Tom Brady on about the six-yard line. They get to him and they half-ass tackle him because they don't want to get a, They're afraid. a penalty for roughing the passer. Tom Brady just stands there, waits for the tackle to be completed, then walks the ball through for a touchdown. That's what we've gotten to in the NFL that you cannot touch, especially Tom Brady at Foxborough. You're not allowed to touch him. Yep. Is that like the old Ross Clinton? So can't touch him. I think Patrick He's, Mahomes. You find that MC Hammer. <laughs> Patrick well, Ross Mahomes Ross is a recording proven. artist. Hill was phenomenal. Tyreek, um, unbelievable. I think they have. Jeez, oh, look at look at this guy. They have the weapons. I'm talking about you, Fab. I thought you were talking about the Collingwood Muppet talking to Nat Edwards. But, um, you're doing this whole thing, the losers are the winner. The losers no, are the winner. No, I'm just winner. saying they're not playing every game at Foxborough, it, It's mate. an away game, though. Oh, fuck them. So they've gone, hold on, they've still got a better record than New England. The Pats just need to get there. I think the, the Pats have to might have to go through Kansas City. The Pats just need to be in the mix. AFC Championship game, to me, or for me, goes through Kansas City. I agree. Same way the NFC Championship game is going through LA. Mm-hmm. The Rams. The Rams are very good football team. Dry weather. Time. Dry weather. Sunny. 70 degrees. Can I say something? Please. Obvious statement. Oh, hey, Super Bowls are won in dry weather, 70 degree, perfect conditions. That's what I'm saying. So I'm totally agree with you. That was the point we were making last week that the Fury, Rams play. Furious agreement. That the Rams play in you know perfect conditions. Obvious statement of the decade. Um, I got to see Shaquan Barkley play four quarters last Thursday against my Eagles. Not in the flesh. No, I watched. I haven't. I don't watch a lot of New York Giants games. Um, they're horrible, and the, trust me, they are horrible. They're in full rebuild mode. They are. Oh, geez, he's a good-looking bloke. Sausage just on TV. Um, <laughs> Shaquan Barkley is. He could be the greatest running back of all time. Oh, fucking wow. That's a huge But, but he needs a bit of support. Mate, he was taking the P1SS. What about um, Odell? He's not a running back. I know Odell that. is... He needs to get out of there. They shouldn't have signed him up. He, well, he doesn't he, care. He's, he's got his, his top, fat contract. His, yeah, but he's not getting the ball thrown to him. He's getting played on special teams. He's walking off the field 
you know, before the half's even, you know, You ended. want to play. I get the, the appeal is that we, we spoke about a catch. If you can, you want to wear the pinstripes and the Yankees. Like, you want to play big players or big-name players want to play in a big market. And New York, for all of their failings on the basketball court, on the gridiron, baseball's obviously been the outlier there. Yeah. Now, ice hockey, I think that the the Rangers had a crack at a Stanley Cup recently-ish, but they have got a bit won. of an advantage. They in haven't baseball. won. They haven't won one for twenty five odd years, and I think it was ninety five, ninety four for the Rangers. And the Knicks haven't won one in fucking forever, and all that. So um, the Giants obviously had a little bit of success. Recently-ish, two Super Bowls. Yeah. That's what I mean. So I think there's this allure of, okay, if you can make it work in a big market, it's worth huge money. Yep. Like you spoke off pod earlier. You declared I don't want to get into a fucking shit fight about this because I don't care. You spoke earlier about how Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback of all time to yep. you. He keeps proving it week in, week out, That's week fine, in, week out. You're best quarterback. Yeah, okay. So Green Bay are a storied NFL franchise. No disputing that. Yep. Lombardi and I totally get it yeah imagine if he was doing that for a team in New York it'd be massive a lot of people don't know who Aaron Rodgers is a lot of casual sports fans casual sports fans maybe don't know who he is maybe they've heard of him I'm not convinced they'd know who he plays for if he played for the New York Giants they won a Super Bowl eight years ago. I oh, know, no, but I'm saying if he played for a real big... It's like LeBron. LeBron can win a title in Cleveland and everyone knows that's uh, Cleveland. LeBron transcends sport. But if he goes and does it in LA... If he does at the Lakers, he is a megastar. I, I well, he's a megastar anyway, but it's Can it just, LeBron get any bigger? If he wins a I think title he can reinvent at the Lakers, himself. yes, he can. I think he can reinflate the bubble. Yeah, yeah. It's With the showtime factor. This is a loose pod, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this up. This is not even on our rundown. Um... <coughs> Neither was the chat about um, the Meg. The every time we say Meg, I think of Schmeg. I don't know why. Appliances. Yeah. Um, most high. Pro- start again. Most high-profile athlete on the planet. You're asking me who now. Is people it? were debating on the radio that you know LeBron James, Tiger Woods, and all that. Don't, and someone rang it's in. Not Tiger. Someone rang in. Oh, Tiger in his heyday, I think it was. Oh, in his oh, in his heyday, absolutely. And someone rang in and said Leo Messi, and because it's SEN, Bogensville, he was laughed off the air. And this guy was trying to say Africa, Asia, South America, Europe. Messi's pretty much got LeBron covered. Does he not? Um, yeah, probably. Like it's a sport that's played everywhere in more countries all around the world. I think he would be an icon of his sport, and he certainly has the output. But he's not—he's not a personality. You thinking? Well, no. You're going to mention your man? Who? CR7? No. Who's my man? Whenever we Steve Savani. Whenever, apparently, yeah. from what you said before, whenever, I love sauce. Whenever this conversation comes up about, oh, he's the best and the greatest ever, and he transcended the sport. And, uh, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Yeah, that's the difference. But he's, not current, but he's not current player. No. I think were they talking about of all time? I think talk about oh, currently. Oh, currently. Um, currently is an interesting one. That's where I think LeBron I isn't, think be, isn't I, Michael. I, I think Michael had that extra bit of reach that LeBron doesn't have. Everyone. Loves I honestly him. think at the moment, Everyone. in terms of, I reckon it would almost be Conor McGregor. But he got beaten. He did get beaten, but I, I think just in terms of in reach and engagement and it's Roger Federer. Uh, not in terms Roger. of... Roger. Rogers, Rogers loved. Loved. Yeah. 
We but universally respected and loved. Yeah. But Conor McGregor could put out a photo of what he's having for breakfast and yeah. get 200,000 retweets. Look, that's and, and that's the age that we're living in and, and, and the era of social media. And, it's Gonzo. And, uh, and the... Um, Rawlings? Yeah. Yeah, Brady. Uh, and the... Um, the the allure of social media and, and clickbait and all that sort of stuff, I think Conor McGregor has just captured the imagination because it could be it could be anybody, but at the moment it, it's him. And and even the other day he was at the Cowboys game. It was the Cowboys game. Cowboys game. And who scored the touchdown and then did the did the Conor McGregor did celebration? The Conor McGregor, yeah. McGregor walk. It was fantastic. And yep. you thought, imagine you're Conor McGregor. And you're over in the States, you've just been beaten, and you've got a bloke who's scoring a touchdown, he's emulating you right there. I mean, they always sort of say, what, 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 what's the old land? line? It's um, What's the highest form of flattery? Imitation, Imitation. is the highest form of flattery. And you thought, a, well, there you go. There's a certain degree where you can... Um, it's always seems to have been tough for... And this is why it matters so much. It, um, British sports people, Europeans as well, but to really transcend, and I actually, to be honest with you, British anything to really transcend the American market. It's a challenge, Music, isn't it? Yeah. movies. There's always been that rural Britannia every so often there's an explosion, a pop culture explosion yeah. of you know Britannia like the Beatles. And but comedy. Comedy has comedy, been one that is just there as a divide. Just it's it. just different. Because you know, the like, Americans just don't get and it. And even no. soccer players, like there's this sense of, yeah, we, yeah, we know them. Yeah, I know David Beckham. Be- Beckham did it well. I know Wayne Rooney. Oh, yeah, I know him. That's the thing. The fact that they know Beckham. And yeah, I know he went to LA and everything, but... I was there. They, they I was kn- in LA when he signed for LA. When They knew of David Beckham prior to him getting to LA. Yep. And now people who follow football will tell you that David Beckham was a good footballer. David Beckham's nowhere near a great or one of the great footballers you of You know how he became that? Married a Spice Girl. Married a Spice Girl. Um, Adidas. Adidas. Yeah, they pushed him hard. Didn't he was they? a good, good-looking boy, and Adidas put him front and center. And he was more prepared than you got your... a hard on for David. <coughs> no, I'm just saying he was more prepared than you. Just fucking said sauce. A 50 old year old man came on. Um, he <laughs> they put him front and center because guys like Zidane and and the other boys of that era probably didn't care as much as Beckham about his image not and promoting him. Not in English, yeah. not in English speaking countries. David Beckham can. But definitely in Asia and definitely in, in Italy and Spain. Alessandro Del Piero yes, that's true. had the look and was didn't transcend Didn't thing. transcend markets, though. And at the in other Asia, end, he did. And at the other end of the scale, Sean, there's, there's a Frank lot of... Ribéry. Frank Ribéry. <laughs> Frank's a good footballer, but... He's he's not, still going? He ain't a looker. Frank's still going. Jesus. Just? Um, just fucking get back to talking about the NFL. You've taken an enormous you took aggression. It. You took it, but... Aaron Rodgers, whether he plays in LA, we're not or talking New York. about Alan, Rod- Alan, Alan Rodgers, greatest, Alan. <laughs> greatest quarterback of all time. We're not talking about fucking uh, see the bloke from the Alan um, Dale anymore. We're also not talking about the fact that uh, you putting your money on the Pats or putting, slapping your bag on the line there, Sean. You said they would get smashed. I didn't say smashed, mate. You were incorrect. Own it. I did think the Chiefs would get them. Anyway, did anything else happen in the NFL worthwhile? Um, no, I think that I think that's the. That's the headline of the week. I think the the Chiefs are real. They're, the losers are the winners. Um, I think they'll be there or thereabouts for the AFC title game, which if they're there or thereabouts, I reckon it goes through Kansas City. And the Rams just keep doing what the Rams keep doing. I don't see... 
I don't see anyone in the NFC beating LA. That's round six or week six. We shouldn't say round. You week can always six. get injuries. I mean, you, you look at the injuries at Philadelphia, you look at the injuries at San Francisco. Not that San Francisco were anticipated to be a contender, but when you see how well they've actually been performing in some games, if they didn't have the injuries, Jimmy G, you just wonder how they may have been placed. You've got to have that name, don't you? I was just thinking then, you've got to have that name, Jimmy G, RG3. You've got to have that sort of, like, it can't just be Guadagnolo steps up. But I say this to Kelly. Um, my surname is obviously very difficult for non-Italian people to pronounce, read. It's a like, bit like a war and peace. You get right? halfway through it and go, just fucking but make the movie. if he hadn't <laughs> broken into the AFL... Anthony Kudafidis, people would be going, Anthony K... K-, K- sorry, sorry. Are you mate. saying Anthony that Kuda K- broke down barriers for No, but he's saying people know how to pronounce his name. Yeah. Right? Well, people still now, call People him still don't know how to pronounce Dipper's surname. They still call him Kuda. Right? No one says Robert Di Pier Domenico. Dipier Domenico. Di Pier Domenico, right? But I've never heard of him. What I'm saying that. is that people give it a crack because he's famous. Otherwise, uh, Robert... D- D- Robert D. Have you heard Dipper tell the story? I think it was in that uh, Peter Dixon doco about 89 about how he he punched his lung during the game. And he was, um, it's quite funny. And he was like, he was thre- not th- threatening is not the right word, but he was like talking smack to people on the field. So it's, you know, grand final. One of the most overrated grand finals of all time, if I'm being brutally honest. Hawthorne had them well in hand, but were down players and the clock was never going to beat them. Yep. Um, people get excited because Ablett, phenomenal, and it ends up being a six-point game or whatever, but Geelong kicked a goal with the last fucking kick of the day. To get back within get six. Get back within After six Dean and the Anderson siren went. Iced it. So like, let's just fucking just park this idea that it was a better game than it was. But anyway, Dipper said he got a punctured lung and he's roaming around and he's, he's, like, he's trying to threaten people. And he's going... <laughs> <laughs> he's just showing... <laughs> Dodson, Carlton have tweeted Dodson. that. Oh, hello Newman. Hello, welcome Newman. <laughs> Can I just say the Carlton media team in the last I've done a good job. Three days have are almost. It's almost like if if the Carlton media team and the Carlton you're like a proud outfit, parent. No, I'm not. Your sons if awesome. the Carlton media team was a person, you'd be thinking you got like schizophrenia. Been- in, in the last three or four days, you look back. You go back to last week, and you go back to what they've done in the last few days. There was a tweet earlier where I was sort of like, that's really unlike Carlton. I'm not giving it a pat on the back or criticising it or whatever, but you just notice that the voice they're using and the tone they're using in their social stuff could not be further removed from what they've traditionally done. Okay. They did Paddy Dow with Owen Wilson saying, wow. And they did like, what was the one they did? They did one earlier where I was like, um, someone tweeted the Carlton, whole Carlton media teams here and they tweeted, quoted it and then tweeted, um, yeah, we've finally signed Matthew Pavlich. Mm. And it's sort of like someone's someone's gone there that was holding holding these reins, and yep. you've just fucking opened the floodgates. I think they're. I think that it's almost like performance like art. I think Stephen Wells. I think in public they're trying to find it. They're trying to find their voice. Yep, I reckon they're doing well. I'm just saying. I'm not saying they're doing well. Stephen Wells looks like the bloke from Blade Runner, the original Rutger, Rutger Hauer. He was also the Real Madrid manager in Goal Two: The Dream Continues. I think or we, Living the I Dream. Think we had this discussion about three weeks ago. Um, what the fuck were we talking like about? Unless we don't recycle other people's shit tonight, the Tim, we just recycle our own shit. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, this is true. Um, we're nuggeting? I think we're about to nugget. We're gonna, we're gonna. I'm happy for us to show up NBA. Oh, just opening day. Opening night was tonight. They, uh, the rings got handed out for the Golden State Warriors. Um, 
I don't mind how they do that. Like AFL, we un, you know we unfurl a flag and it's kind of all over and done with in five ten minutes. Where it's a bit more of a celebration in the NBA, which is nice. But um, I didn't pay attention to too many results. It's just a kickoff, so. I saw a score halfway through the first of one of the games and honestly I couldn't tell you what happened in the rest of it. So. We'll see where... I know um, Boston took care of Philly. It's the, the game I watched yep. that I had on today. That was so, the um, one that was halfway through. They Boston comfortably had... Starting five versus starting five, Boston had them comfortably. But as soon as they had to go into the bench, um, Philly would come back. Okay. So had Philly, Jason Tatum play because he was obviously... One of the more highly Decent. rated players. And, Decent. And Kyrie of, struggled early. Yeah, I was going to say, I think Tatum comes back to the field a little bit this season, is, is what I'm anticipating. Um, but his role is diminished. And that's what I mean. So, like, it, it, in the end, the injuries that they had and the way that the balance of the team was thrown out, and with Kyrie not playing early, yeah. it suited him. Yeah. But now that they've got all their pieces back on court, I, I think finding the groove for him, I think, is probably going to tr- um, prove a challenge. So we'll wait and see how Good to see out. Gordon Haywood back. He, Absolutely. He looked like a bloke who'd missed a lot of basketball through a yeah. bad injury. But if Tom Scully's injury, Tom Scully's injury must be a thousand times worse than Gordon Haywood's. I saw Gordon Haywood's ankle pointing in a different direction. Pointing in a different direction. And he played within a year. Well, it's a different injury. Well, one's a dislocated ankle and one's a broken ankle. Did he not break an ankle? Well, Gordon Haywood? More Pretty I sure thought. it's a break. I'm no doctor. I haven't seen his records. It'd be well, they proper of me to, to comment. To, to dislocate an ankle, it's the shearing force, and the shearing force breaks one of There's your lower legs. There's a schism between the two. Stop applauding him for using <laughs> one stupid word. All right, is let's it time for Tim's Nuggets? Briefly, we're going to get on. there, Tim. Hold on. Come on, no, let no, me no, go. No, 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 no. Unleash no, me, please. No, we're going to get there. Hold on. Wait a second. I've just given him some sweet and sour sauce. He's going to put that. One of your bets will be the sweet and sour sauce. No, no, I do have. Maybe an does bet, shit though. like this. He fucking. It's like he's doing a foley record. He thinks it's amusing and, and laughs like Muttley while he's doing <laughs> it. Fucking Muttley. Um, we're going to briefly touch because Fabian wanted to on the MLB. I've got no fucking visibility. <laughs> I just said we should talk about it. Major League Baseball because the uh, the championship <laughs> league what is it the, the league s- championship series yeah the championship series is, is league championship series yeah well the ALCS and the NLCS are uh, currently on and I know nothing about it so I think I thought, Boston have taken the lead over the Astros yeah I did Alex gave me a text so that's probably correct Alex loves his Boston sports yeah it seems contrived no that he's kind of managed to have them all yeah, in he one follows, town. He follows, follows, inverted commas, the Red Sox, the Bruins, the Pats, yep. the Celts. Yep. Do they have any other shit-can teams in Boston, like women's basketball? I'm sure he's or? a Boston College fan in uh, in uh, college sports. Oh, fucking probably. It's probably an Ivy Leaguer. They're a good Sh- basketball team. Shout out to Alex. Um, Shout out to Bill. And produce a lot of linemen, uh, offensive linemen, Boston College. Cool. Where's, um, where's Notre Dame? Same spot. Sure. He'd probably be a fighting Irish. Notre Dame. Sure. I thought it was in Pittsburgh. Boston's very Irish. Maybe, whatever. Um, Reach reach out to us on the Twitter. If um, If you know where Notre Dame is. You know where Notre Dame College is. Correct. We'll get two tickets to the the victory game. (laughs) To the victory game. Um, Okay, Tim. All right. The time is now. Tim's Nuggets. Now, Tim just briefly... He's going to give us uh, six 
tips for this weekend's race meeting? Oh, no, I actually thought it was going to be a challenge to get all six. Meeting I, or I, meetings? No, it's we're only we're focusing on Caulfield. It's Caulfield okay. Cup Day. Okay. So Tim, and we do tweet this out. So yep, check in with on our Twitter handle is at the Prender underscore cast. Yep. Okay. Give us your tips. So backing over last week, thousand guineas. We tipped Music Bait forty one dollars. Ran okay. Finished off quite well. Didn't place. Forgot to turn up. Yep. Two rack handicap. We're back. Shalala. Um, Shalala finished. I think she finished third in the same race last year. Rat well, how did she finish this year, Timbo? She finished fourth. But Caulfield is so not fifth next year. It's not a. It's not a track where you can get back because it's a very short straight. So if you're too far back and you're not in position. It's very, very hard to win there. So, Sounds like um, she was ridden poorly. Um, just pat, patent in suit. But she came out, ha- having finished third in the race last year, she came out and won the uh, the Cantala Stakes on Derby Day. So don't be surprised if we're not tipping her as one of our nuggets in two weeks' time Ooh, for the Cantala Stakes. Or writing that down, calling it early. Cantala Stakes. We then move to the Caulfield Stakes, we which has got a new just, name this year, but I can't. Whenever you say these names, you know what all I can think of? I don't know why. It doesn't even really make sense. The link isn't that great. All I can think of is Step Brothers, the Catalina Wine Mixer. <laughs> it's the fucking it's Catalina about- Wine Mixer. It's the what was that? What was that event called? Uh, Caulfield Stakes. No, what was the one before? The Turak Handicap. The one before that. Uh, thousand Guineas. The one we, we no. The Sounds one, like Catalina. Yeah. What was it called? Oh, Cantala Stakes. Cantala. Sorry, that's the one it's in the two weeks. Fucking time. Cantala Stakes. <laughs> the Catalina Wine Mixer. Um, so we moved to the Caulfield Stakes. Uh, we tipped Ben Battle, yes. who had come out of the Dubai World Cup on turf, a seven point six million dollar race, Jeez. and we thought that's going to win be- that. It did. $7.6 million. Well, the whole race oh, was okay, worth that, okay, but it's yeah. probably winning $4 million of it, so Fuck. it's pretty good going. Buy a horse. Can I give you one of Fab's nuggets before I forget? Give me a Fab nugget. Ben Battle will beat Winks. <laughs> oh, they won't well, we did say time. last week that in the program, and, and this will if lead Winks, to If it. Winks gets caught up like she did last week, yep. Ben Battle will win. You will touch what are they racing this. in? The Cox Plate. Will Ben Battle run in the Cox Plate? Absolutely. Will the Autumn Sun run in the Cox Plate? No, the Autumn Sun, which was our last tip and also won. Uh, Autumn they, Sun they, shit it in. Well, it did shit it in. And, and for the barrier that it drew, you looked at it and you just said, if the Autumn Sun is as good as he's reputed to be and he's drawn the barrier that he's drawn, he just wins. I mean, unless there's a dormant megastar in the field. A megalodon. Yeah, a megalodon. He just wins. <coughs> and that's the way that he went about it. So that was good to see. And we made the point last week that potentially you might be seeing the the horse that can beat Winks in the Cox Plate in that race meeting with Ben Battle and the Autumn Sun being the two prime candidates. Down to one out of the two. But yeah, I agree. I mean, if, if it's going to happen, Ben Battle's the quality that can do it. Who is the horse that has been withdrawn from the Caulfield Cup because it received a two kilo... Um, two and a half. Oh, I know this one. Called, oh, I know this one. Oh. So they've, they're saving it for the Melbourne Cup. Correct. Mrs. Bruce Roy's holiday dancer. <laughs> close. Very close. Now, the, the horse is called Yucatan. At least I have the respect to just shut up and, and look at my phone during cricket. Yeah. During cricket, I, I actually thought that he'd probably that's been listening from, um, and actually knew the that, answer. That's, so. that's from a uh, the day-to-day sketch with uh, Steve Coogan, a very early iteration of Alan Partridge. on getting us an interview with um, some Melbourne Victory footballers? Where, uh, the joke was Alan Partridge is reporting from the races and he had all these horse names. Continue, Tim, and I'll find the other names. They're great. <laughs> the irony, the um, well, not the irony, the, the, the frustration out of um of Yucatan winning last weekend was um 
whoever wins the race gets automatic entry into the Caulfield Cup. Yep. So it's won it. It's been penalised two and a half kilos because it's recognised that clearly it's a class above the weight that it was originally being given by the VRC handicapper. Um, and then they've turned around and say, we're not running. So whoever finished second, if you could tend and run in it, if they would have won the race and potentially would be running in the Caulfield Cup and now aren't. Mm-hmm. But uh, they did say that it pulled up a little bit sore. It was a warm day last Saturday and they I think it was the ninth the ninth race of the card that it ran in. Um, and they just said the the track it did, got, it, it it didn't got a little run. bit harder and they just say, said it didn't run all the other nine races. No, no, no. But yeah. they just sort of said by then, yeah, because you don't <laughs> you don't water the track between races or anything else like that. So wherever you start Whatever the uh, the conditions of the track are, unless it rains during the day, theoretically it'll dry out, it'll get harder, and it's tougher for, especially for European horses who are more used to running on softer ground. When they come to Australia, invariably they feel the track a bit. And they said it, it, some of its joints were swollen, mm. and they just said they weren't prepared to back it up one week later when they knew they obviously have a great chance of winning a Melbourne Cup as I well. I reckon you throw all of that and put it in the big bullshit bin, or they won't. They don't want it. Added penalty for the Melbourne Cup. Well, and at the end of the day, the Williams... Your last statement was correct. They've put all... They want to have a crack at the Melbourne Cup. And and they do. And Lloyd Williams has made uh, no bones about he loves winning this race. He's he's got a love affair with the race. He's had a lot of success with it. And he, he, he wants to win it. And if his best chance of winning it is by not running it and earning another penalty, as you say, he would sooner put all his eggs in winning the Melbourne Cup than, you know, risk... You know, even if you won a Caulfield Cup along the way, if it risks you winning at the big dance, yep. he, he, he'll he happily risk it. All right. Are you going to get to your nuggets? Um, Alan Partridge. I found, I found some of Alan Partridge's horse names. You've got uh, Mrs. Boothroyd's Holiday Dancer, Diabetic Charlie, <laughs> Two-Headed Sex Beast, and uh, I liked Elf Ramsey's Porn Dungeon. <laughs> oh, no. There's <laughs> some fucking rippers there. If you have to search the day-to-day... Alan Partridge horse racing. It's fucking outstanding. All right. We're into Tim's Nuggets, but we're going to kick off first with our Omen Bet of the Week. Coming off the back of 10 days of the trade periods and having to watch social media and see all the bullshit that comes through. Yeah. Is this, sorry, is this your Omen Bet? This is my Omen Bet. Is this the sweet and sour? Are going to call it the sweet and sour sauce? The sweet and sour sauce Omen Bet mm-hmm. is race one, number nine, Delusions. Because for 10 days, half the rubbish you read and people going, oh, we're going to trade this for that and and trades that are so far skewed in the favour of your own team and justifying that, yeah, this, this is this is plausible, this is going to happen, I've got it on I, good authority. I asked you about this last week. There's no real convention, is there? Just race one, number but nine. But I want to save characters. Ah, uh, yeah, I see what you're saying. <laughs> you could do one dash nine delusions. Yeah, we'll do that. Might be your easiest way we'll do of doing that. it. We'll do that. So then into the real deal. Um, this one will come up short, but it's race two, number four. Why are you giving it to us then? It's going to fucking win. What do you I... mean it's going to come up short? You just said it's going to come up short. I'm not putting my fucking no. hard-earned scratch on okay, it. Okay, come on. You, if you, you've prefaced you've got to the get tip with by the saying it's going to come up short. Coming up short in the odds means that it may be paying $2 or even shorter again. So, I get you. He didn't yeah. mean the horse is going to come up short. That's okay. lame. Yes, no, no. <laughs> More vernacular. So, yeah, it's called Ranier, and it ran two weeks ago at Flemington. As in Prince Ranier? Yes, correct. It was married to uh, Grace Kelly. Stephanie Monaco. Oh, that was her mum. Yeah, you're right. And what are we, sorry, race? 
Uh, we're race two, number four, Ranier. Gotcha. Ran two weeks ago, got stuck behind a wall of horses, had absolutely no chance of winning, and it and it rattled home and got beaten by a dead set Freight nostril. train? Freight train. So I guarantee success on Ranier this Jesus. week. <laughs> we then we then <laughs> then we were all into race three number six. We've got a sprint race, and there's a horse that's probably only I think had four or five career starts. It's called Eduardo. Um, it wears bright, and it wears bright yellow. Yeah, and um, it'll lead. It's drawn. I think it's drawn about barrier eight, but it'll lead in the race. Caulfield, as we said, short track. I think it'll get away at the top of the straight. They won't get near it. So I think it's paying about three dollars thirty, but yep. it's a real sprint star of the future. So he's one of ours. Race five, number six, one for the girls. 2,000 metre race for fillies. We've got a horse that's come over from New Zealand called Very Elegant. Okay. Way of describing it or? Uh, sorry? Probably runs like a fucking, just like all Well, they the reckon shot. it's a little bit of a freak. Uh, and she can rattle off really good sectionals, come Freight home train. hard. Freight train. She she finished behind Amphitrite that, uh, two weeks ago that then went on and won the Group 1,000 guineas good last horse. week. So um, there's a lot of high hopes for this. It's stepping out to 2,000 metres, which is exactly the distance it wants to run at. Again, oh. I reckon it'll be about 3 or $4. Very backable. Very um, elegant. And, and I, reckon, I reckon she gets up. Fuck, yes. I've, I've actually, I'm tipping two horses in the one race, which is really, <laughs> Tim, really peculiar. On, and I'm not, I'm not sitting on the fence. Can two horses win, Tim? <laughs> they can, well, they can dead heat. They can dead heat, yeah. Good point. Anyway. What my, happens in the event of a dead heat? Do they both win? Yeah, well, you basically share the first and second prize, and then there's third place. So they get like they end up getting like seventy five percent of. Yeah. There you go. Like position one and a half. Well, this is going to dick up my. Well, no, no. Just well, give them to me. Come on. Well, okay. Um, the favourite in the race is a horse called Extra Brute. What number are we? We're race six, number three, Extra Brute. Um, it'll be about three dollars in the betting. Um, Everything that it's done up to this point says it's ready to run 2,000. It finished off its race really well at Flemington. has drawn a fantastic barrier. It's pretty much bomb-proof. I went and watched this uh, track work Yes, earlier in the week. Outstanding. Outstanding. Then the other one is a horse called Thinkin' Big, Ooh. and it's rate, obviously race six still. It's number one. It's trained by Gay Waterhouse, and okay, this horse... Okay, okay. Oh. <laughs> oh, coming down to Melbourne, it's going to be a great day. Um, she does speak what, a little how, bit do you, like that. how do we say it? Thinking, thinking big. Thinking. Yeah. And he's a, uh, the, the races that he's run in and the performances that he's had are very, very similar to another one of Gay Waterhouse's horse called Nothing Like a Dane oh. that ran about 15 odd years ago, running in exactly the Remember same that race that it's running in here. Left quite an impression. Well, it then went on to win the VRC Derby and then a week or five days, whatever it works out to be, four days later, finished second in the Melbourne Cup. So Shouldn't have probably run it in the VRC Derby. Well, it, it, the way that it had played out in that. those days, as a, in a three, as a three-year-old, if you won the Derby, you had the opportunity to get automatic entry into the Melbourne Cup, which they don't do anymore. You have to have entered and then you get handicapped because he was going to carry a very, very light... It did carry a very, very light weight in the Melbourne Cup, but it was a fantastic stayer. And this thinking big looks looks like it's, it, it's, it's a very similar styled horse. And um, good hindquarters, fantastic hindquarters, yeah. shiny, um, long barrel, good coat. <laughs> the dapples are out. <laughs> what do they, do they call it? A Does coat? it have the blinkers on? I don't know. Where's the rail? 
uh, on the inside <laughs> and the uh, and the outside, ironically. Uh, and, and and my very last one, where where I'm actually I, I was actually going to shy away from the Caulfield Cup. But so is that this weekend the Caulfield? It's Cup? Caulfield Cup this weekend. So race eight is the Caulfield Cup, and I'm going to pick a horse, number three called Chestnut Coat. Jimmy Chestnut. What was his name? Joey Chestnut, the pride of Coney Island. Uh, Joey Chestnut Coat is a Japanese horse. Of course. Now I'm a massive. I'm a massive fan oh of Japanese God. racing. What? What? This is. Uh, what? I'll you tell you this forgot later. to press record. No, I'll tell this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll tell you this. Remind me about Chestnut Coat when we're packing up. This is just for the, anyone listening. If it has anything to do with hot dogs, anyone still listening? At the one hour <laughs> no twenty nine minute mark. Are we, without um, are we? Yeah, chestnut, how, how much is it? One twenty nine. Chestnut Coat. Uh, it's not an interesting story for Pod. Continue, Tim. Okay. Okay. So Chestnut Coat, Japanese horse. Japanese horses and the times that they run over distance races, uh, they're just a very, very much a higher standard they're of stayers. They're always on time. Have you ever been at a Japanese train station? They're, they're, they're very prompt. It's extraordinary. Very punctual. But horses like that as well, evidently. Correct. Um, Came to arrive at the post first. Exactly when it meant to as well. That's exactly right. Um, but no, as I said, I'm a very big fan of Japanese stayers. Um, the the times you, you talked the other week about, oh, why don't we just compare times? I did. You know, to be able to um, see who are the better horses. And as you say, every race is a little bit different. The pace you run early, the way that it's handicapped, conditions, all that sort of stuff, all all can potentially conspire against fast times. But what you find at the absolute highest level, especially in Japan, the times that they run in all their races are seriously sharp. And at the end of the day... Again, they, got, it, they ain't got time to fucking mess around. No, they don't. They don't. So, so I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. It's paying about $20 at the moment. Jesus. To, but it so is. It's value. But, value. It's, but, it, but it's an 18-horse field. So oh, you pick a winner out of 18 horses, it's, it's a lot it, of horses. It, it, it should pay well. Yeah. Um, but I, I've just got a feeling this thing just might be a bit better than everybody else in it. I and, once heard. And there's been no talk about it at all. It's what's, really coming under, under the radar. So. Well, what, 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 um, That's a nugget. What's the uh, very famous English punter? He was on SEN a while ago. He was quite interesting to listen to. And he was asked about horse racing. And he loved Australia because we have like greyhounds and horses and everything. Degenerates. And he, and he, yeah. He didn't say it so in so many words. But um, he made the point, he goes, you should never bet on a... He gave a number. It was like a race with more than X horses. He yep. goes, it's just pointless. He goes, it's just pointless. He goes, you're just throwing money away. If you're betting on a field of 18 horses, 12 horses. He goes, the idea is that you're not meant to pick the long odds. In a weird way, he goes, if you've got a favourite, he goes, fucking bet on the favourite. And I'm a big believer. If you think the horse is going to win, yeah. regardless of whether it's paying a dollar ninety or $27, if you think it wins... Because if, if you put money on a horse <coughs> that's paying fucking $12 and it doesn't win, yeah, you put the same amount of money on a horse paying a dollar ninety. And I think that's one thing that you find when it comes back to punting. Some, some people will say, okay, I want to win this much money on this race. So all of a sudden, if it's, I want to win $50, if a horse is paying... Two dollars, you got to put a hundred dollars on it. Hang on, that doesn't work. Twenty five dollars. Now you got to put your, we got to put your fifty dollars on because you get your bet back. So, so you put fifty dollars on at two dollars, you return a hundred dollars. You profited fifty. Okay. So, therein lies if that's what you're trying to do in every single race. If you've got a horse that's paying fifteen dollars, you've only got to basically put four, five dollars on it. 
you're risking less to get the same return. So if you think there is something at $15 that might actually work for you, mm. back that. So just recapping, Tim's uh, nuggets. He's with, actually, with sweet and sour. Actually, no, you, you're a barbecue sauce man. I'm a barbecue sauce man. I ordered it tonight. Are. It didn't even come. Because everyone just assumes you want sweet and sour. Well, that's why um, I mentioned I wanted barbecue I, sauce. I said to Tim, we want to do the six-pack, six nuggets with sweet and sour sauce. That's what he's delivered us. So the six nuggets, race two, number four, Ranier. Race at, three. And where? S- so this is at Caulfield. 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 Race three, number six, Eduardo. Race five, number six, Very Elegant. Race six, number three, Extra Brute. Curiously, race six, number one, Thinking Big. Race eight, number three, Chestnut Coat and the Sweet and Sour Sauce. Race one, number nine, Delusions. Do not place money on Delusions. <laughs> it's, it's actually, it's had one start for one win, and it was a very good win, but it's stepping up in class, but... It wouldn't be your worst bet, but I just I, I wanted to have a look through the field and find an omen bet, and I thought after this week, I thought Delusions was absolutely spot on. Do you on. recall any of these horses, Tim? Shooper Schnoop, She Show Shy, <laughs> she Sunshine <show> Shelly. <laughs> and they were, they were all running in the in the Sherline Stakes. <laughs> for, for, was it Johnny? No, it wasn't Johnny Tapp. It was Kenny Calendar, wasn't Kenny it? Kenny Calendar, yeah. Every fucking horse with an S in his name. <laughs> what do you reckon? She's a bit of a shut up. <laughs> Have you ever heard? Uh, we don't want to play this, but you, you ever heard the New Zealand guy did the, the best Bucks, man speech? Best man speech, fantastic. Have you heard that? One thing? of the funniest no. things I've we'll ever. We'll play heard. that as we're getting set up. We're packing up. It's fucking brilliant. If you haven't listened to it, just type in "best man race call." Yep. Speech, and it'll yep. come up. It's outstanding. Okay. Um, Is that it? Do you want to wrap up? You got nothing more to add about? That's it, mate. Hour twenty nine. I reckon this we're has good. been the loosest. Pod of all time. Yeah. Okay. Well, wrap it up for me, Sean Peter Budge. Goodbye for Fabian Guadagnolo. Uh ragazzi. Hopefully next week we can get someone from the Melbourne Victory on. So no. And from Tim Davis. Always a pleasure. Let's hope we're eating nuggets this weekend. Well, yeah, we'll be eating something. <laughs> Goodbye. You had a call from a friend of yours, Nigel, who said that you might want to try it out on the public before you uh, actually said it in private, Roy. So. Um, we're going to give you that opportunity. Are you ready for it? Would you like us to call back? I mean, uh, you know, are you ready to practice? Are you ready to rehearse? I'm ready to rehearse. I've got my glass of water here. Okay. Well, Roy, um, take it away, mate. Give us your wedding speech um, for your friend getting married. Thank you very much. Let's take my boxing gloves off. <laughs> <laughs> right, here we go. Bride and groom, Mr. MC, ladies and gentlemen. The venue, Ellerslie, for Curtis and Marion today. Curtis, of course, out of Beryl and Matthew Argyle. <laughs> Well-bred, good friend. Odds on meeting someone like him, 100 to 1. <laughs> At school on the track, he was hard and fast. I was always left the jockey for second position. The Phillies, of course, very fond of Curtis, anxious for that chance in the saddle. Pardon me, Marion. He was a very popular man, won the hearts of many. Didn't see much of him during our late teens. He was involved in meetings all the time. <laughs> then, of course, he went away now. Away down to Christchurch. It was a lonely time for me, you know. It's as if a party of dies when a mate leaves. But somehow I got through it. Looking back now, my toll bill was bloody huge with a constant ringing to find out how Curtis was getting on down at Eddington. And I'm just bloody happy to be here today to celebrate with you all. Now, on a personal note, I feel like I've always been a length and a half behind, balancing delicately on the rail. A fear of failure is it success each way. It doesn't give you a good feeling on the inside. 
I'd glance around on the air on the outside, always was Curtis. Curtis, my mate, looked at laugh and play footy and laugh and get McDonald's to go. And then along comes Marion, maid Marion, who destroyed the whole foundations of my relationship with Curtis. Excuse me, mate. Come to think of it, I'm surprised I got an invite to this celebration at all based on her appalling behaviour. Monopolising him, monopolising his tone to the point of insanity. Oh, goodness gracious, there could have been a nasty fall here, I would think to myself. But I never acted on those impulses. She could have been in hospital by now. And so, consequently, I was there for the rest of the package. Curtis and Marion picked up the place. I'd ask them to get a party, but they were always a no-show. I work only 200 metres from their home now at New Zealand Post. All they have to do is walk from their home straight. They send me a birthday card once, and there was nothing in it. Look, I'm just about at the finish line. It's me speech. Not bad at all now. It's going to be a tight finish. I promise, Curtis, we can still be friends, mate. But old Marion wins you. Marion, <laughs> hang yourself with it. You're monopolising chart. You're the winner today. It'll be a photo finish for you and Curtis. We're all behind you. This prize cup of bubbly I'll raise to you. The extraordinary bride and groom. She works for wins where it all starts. Curtis, you mean the world to me, mate. Marion, you're worth all of $2 even or $1.40. Try and stick to with a disease, mate.